When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning to you. Another beautiful morning here in Cork. It's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger right through until one. And both Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this morning. 1850-333-103. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 86 You can email us this morning, jp at c103.ie. Or indeed, tweet at c103cork. And ahead on this morning's show, and we've heard this from a number of smaller retail shops who have contacted us over the last while especially yesterday and the day before they're finding it tough to recruit staff due to the COVID-19 payment and they have said to us that they're basically competing with that particular payment to recruit staff now these staff might have already worked for them in the past they might have people who are no longer able to uh, attend or get ready for college and that's the reason they have more time and and they are looking for the work but many of their either ex-workers or even current workers current workers seemingly just seem to be either leaving the role or not turning up to work because they're telling their employers we can get this particular payment which pays us more than those shops do. They're struggling because not everybody is going along to do their well you're going to your your big supermarket for your weekly shop but if you just want a number of items you're going to your local store your corner shop and they're finding it a lot busier than it usually would be so that's why they're looking as well for more staff in their stores. Anyhow we'll speak with Vincent Jennings. He's the Chief Executive of the Convenience Stores and News Agents Association on that particular issue. There was a number of changes on this particular payment announced yesterday and we'll get to those in a while as well but just how indeed small stores are coping with this particular payment and the competition they're saying they're facing with COVID-19. 350 a week, it's a good sum of money Uh, but more than what some people get for their normal rate of pay on a weekly basis in those particular situations, either maybe with a store or with other work they have worked in or obtained over the last number of years. And a story uh, that is coming out from the city south side, and it's a, a worrying story from the south side of Cork City, that teenagers are running up drug debts of over 30 thousand euros and now it's their parents are seeking loans 
loans from either their bank or a credit union to pay these particular debts. Seemingly the drug uh, lords are coming to the front of their homes in full view, broad daylight and the neighbours are there and obviously they're uh, trying to negotiate a deal but the family don't want the uh, known drug dealer calling to their door uh, looking for these payments. Uh, We'll speak with Anne Murphy who has worked on this particular story from the Echo this morning on that and how public vigilance is required at this time as a lot of people, the majority of people who are cocooning at the moment, maybe over the age of 70, are using temporary agents for banking and welfare payments. We're going to speak to Safeguarding Ireland on why we need to be extra careful of financial abuse at this time. Our Gardafile is along later in the show. We'll catch up on a lot of your emails that have come in over the last number of days. And if there's a pet in your household you have a question about, well, Jane, of course, will be along after 12.30. You can get your questions in uh, for Jane on 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 86 or Vet Jane answering all your pet questions later on the show. But uh, just on what's happening regarding COVID-19 and what is happening within our health service first of all and some sad news uh, coming to us yesterday evening and again this morning uh, that two healthcare workers at the same hospital have died of the coronavirus in the past 24 hours. Uh, There were staff at St Luke's Hospital in Kilkenny one male and one female and they were both middle aged and were working until becoming ill. It also emerged yesterday that because we have managed to slow down the spread of the infection by following restrictions less people will have caught the virus and got immunity. So this in itself will mean that some restrictions may have to be in place for longer as a protective measure. And I know there was a bit of talk about relaxing the current restrictions, but we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, what happens over the next two to three weeks. Uh, but some good news is that so far, 84 patients had been discharged from intensive care. And that's accounting for about 29% of people who needed this high level of treatment. So that is good that people are recovering from the particular virus. So there's some positive coming out of everything that we are hearing as well. And I suppose the big worry for everybody is those who were in nursing homes because there's more than 200 clusters now have been identified in all such facilities nationwide. And 245 people in nursing homes have died after contracting the virus. The overall death toll from COVID-19 in the Republic, of course, is at 444. So uh, there's a lot of clusters in nursing homes and that is a worry for nursing home staff and indeed those who run nursing homes in this country. In the Midlands uh, we've heard of one nursing home that lost a third of its residents with nine deaths over the bank holiday weekend. So our thoughts of course as always with all the families who have lost loved ones to COVID-19 and especially those in nursing homes at this time. It's a trying time for uh, for everybody and especially when you look at the clusters that we have in nursing homes. And on government formation, talks are still ongoing but there's a potential cost of the promises being made at the moment by Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael in their coalition framework document which has caused some concern among the both parliamentary parties. Uh, Leah Varadkar and Michal Martin have won the backing of their parties to proceed which will be a very historic agreement towards forming a government despite again senior members of both parties having concerns. Here in Cork members we've been told about anyhow when their papers have reported are Senator Jerry Buttimer and the Minister for Agriculture, McCroom's Michael Creed, having concerns on both parties coming together to form this coalition. And obviously they'll need 
uh, somebody else to join them in that. But for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, some of their promises they have come together on on this particular pact. Uh, one of them is universal health care. They're also looking at a referendum to allow the government seize land for housing on a new green deal. So uh, I'm not too sure how that would work. Would it be something like you see for when they want to build a road through someone's land, the compulsory purchase order that they that they do with that, and and the, basically you have to give that land over, and but you'd get an amount of money for that as well. Uh, not too sure how that is going to work, but that is something they have mentioned. And also another aspect of this was to let the public sector staff work from home for at least one day a week. Uh, there are reports this morning in the papers and both the Irish Examiner and the Irish Daily Mail and the Irish Sun on indeed what is contained in uh, that particular document and if any of that can actually work out. As we heard, there is concerns among both parties, but overall they've got a backing to go ahead and form a government. And we mentioned teachers yesterday. There was a lot of concern earlier in the week when the ASTI and indeed teachers came out saying that they can't be forced to work during the summer months. So this was in connection with the leaving search and preparing students for the Leaving Search. The ASDI came out yesterday and that particular union said that they would work with the government and they support them uh, in teachers going back to work during the summer months to again get students ready for the Leaving Cert. Mixed views from parents initially at the start of the week who were not happy uh, that it was even spoken about that teachers would not return during the summer and that no one could force them to do that. That caused, caused a lot of anger among parents but also among those working on the front line in health services. They weren't too happy. They're under uh, severe pressure. The Gardaí, fire service and all of those working longer hours to keep those particular services running. And then when they heard that from other members in the public sector, they weren't too pleased. Anyhow, uh, this morning, teachers have come out and said they will not seek additional payment for time spent in the classroom ahead of the postponed leaving cert this summer. And that again is coming out from the teachers' unions who were involved in this particular negotiation with the government. So some good news there. They're not going to look for more money uh, during the summer, which was something that was briefly mentioned, but isn't going to happen. We spoke yesterday uh, with a funeral director from Fermoy, James Runain. Uh, interesting interview with James on how they are dealing at the moment when it comes to funerals for COVID-19 locally here in Cork and also just in general and how uh, the, the emotions that are going with funerals now for families and for them themselves. Uh, but I see from Dublin, there's a Dublin-based company that are running live streams of funerals. They have been inundated with requests to cover funerals for families who cannot attend due to the current restrictions. Their name is Memorial Lane and they have been providing live footage of funerals and other events for the past five years. Uh, But what's going on at the moment obviously has increased their capacity to do so, uh, but they will continue to do this. Uh, And what they're hearing back is it's obviously additional trauma for someone not being able to attend a loved one's funeral. But this is giving, you know, some comfort to them that at least they can watch it on a laptop or on their TV via that particular streaming service. And just want to give you some information uh, regarding Meals on Wheels. We did mention this before and just an update on this from Mallow Meals on Wheels, their service. They have announced that uh, they are in a position now to provide service to the surrounding villages, including Donnerill, Drumahan, 
Clan, Ballyclaw, Killavullen, and New Two Pot House, and any other areas that might be interested availing of this particular service. However, uh, to extend the service, they do require a liaison person in each of the above communities who would accept the delivery of these meals in each village from them and then to distribute them to that particular area. Now, the price of a particular meal from them is five euros, and that includes soup and a main course. We have details here. If you want to get uh, phone numbers, we have details on how to get in contact with them. A story I see this morning uh, in the Southern Star, and I think this was at one of the checkpoints uh, for COVID-19, but this is how Gardaí, and it shows that they really were searching for this particular person. They found cocaine in the underpants of a person at a checkpoint in Bantry over the weekend. So it shows they're really going above and beyond to find what they can at those particular checkpoints. And more as well, we'll get through across the course of the show, especially on the pandemic payments and the COVID-19 payments. Seemingly, it's to cost the state up to €5 billion. And more on that in a while. But our lines are open. Uh, Your comments and calls are welcome to us this morning. You can call Bernie or Sadie, 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp. 0862-103-103 A lot of questions on if gigs will be returning to Cork this year Not too sure, nobody has come out and said they won't as yet None of the festival organisers have uh, But according to a lot of the healthcare experts Not only here in Ireland but across the world It seems that festivals and concerts are unlikely to be back up and running Until autumn of next year Is what some of the actual healthcare experts are saying But for the moment we could be ahead of the curve I mean, We might still have some Something in Cork. Nothing has been confirmed as of yet on what will happen with both Levy the Marquis and those concerts at Irish Independent Park. It got calls yesterday uh, regarding Mallow Hospital, and we know that the injury unit there was closed. Well, following a review by management yesterday, Mallow General Hospital wishes to advise the public now that the injury unit has reopened and is now located on a temporary measure that is within the outpatient building at the rear of the hospital. But the injury unit is open seven days a week from 8am to 8pm and you can contact them on the number 022-30379 so the injury unit back open at Mallow General Hospital uh, again it's located though in a temporary measure at the outpatient building to the back of the hospital and the medical assessment unit at Mallow General uh, that does remain closed though due to infection control and the situation on the medical assessment unit that will be reviewed again on April 17th so they review that again uh, tomorrow but for the moment Injury unit is open in Mallow. The medical assessment unit is closed. And we got a calls as well regarding civic community sites and civic community sites. They are operating as normal. They all reopened again on Tuesday after the bank holiday weekend. Uh, but one thing is they are only accepting black bag domestic waste and food related recyclables only. So if you're clearing out your shed or you've a huge amount of recycling or, or stuff to bring to the civic community site, they can accept all of that at the moment. Uh, basically just the food related recyclables and black bag domestic waste. And just to give a mention to people in Crossbury, because the community there has done great work over the last number of days in voicing their support for all the frontline staff. They have colour outside most of their houses in the way of bunting and also bunting along the main areas of the village. Posters as well to communicate to those frontline workers who may be passing through, uh, travelling to work uh, via Crossbury, that they say, we salute our frontliners. So well done 
uh, to the gang in Crossbury there uh, for doing that good bit of positive uh, on uh, any day that you drive through and see those signs up and the pandemic payment we're going to discuss very shortly it's going to cost the state up to 5 billion euros uh, yesterday the finance minister Pascal Dunahoo he was speaking at one of those press briefings on sustaining the wage subsidy scheme for an ongoing period and can the government sustain it here's what he said well we have the ability to sustain uh, the wage subsidy scheme uh, Uh, for the full 12-week period since the scheme was implemented. What I'll simply say is that for schemes like the wage subsidy scheme, uh, for some who would argue that it is possible to sustain something like this indefinitely, and in particular when our country moves beyond this phase of COVID-19, we will not be able to do that. So we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next few weeks on that. Discussing that very shortly on how smaller retail units are finding it tough to keep staff and recruit them because of the payment of 350 a week. Some feel that it's a better option than working. And a lot of people, unfortunately, are taking pay cuts in the private sector at the moment. Uh, but also yesterday when Pascal Dunne, who was mentioning the COVID payments, a lot of people asking, will TDs and senators, in light of the coronavirus outbreak, will they they take pay cuts as well like many others. Now, uh, the finance minister, he hadn't yet ruled out that they would not take particular pay cuts. He said measures hadn't been discussed as yet. Of course, in New Zealand, the Prime Minister there and their particular cabinet, they took a 20% pay cut for the next six months and they did that as an act of solidarity with workers who have been impacted. Many are saying similar should happen here for many of those who have been affected. But here is what Pascal who said on that particular issue yesterday. I haven't today considered whether wage reductions are uh, merited or needed uh, for TDs or senators. Uh, it is the case that a number of TDs and senators are uh, handing back to the state increases in which they were due, uh, but it's also the case that some others are not doing that. So should they lead by example? Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Either take pay cuts or cut back on staff there like so many companies, private companies are doing at the moment, letting staff go or taking pay cuts. Either options are being considered by so many, uh, either letting staff from departments go or either having pay cuts. Should they lead by example? You can text on WhatsApp 86 But we'll speak with Vincent Jennings next from the Convenience Stores and News Agents Association and how their members are finding it tough to recruit or even keep staff at the moment. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Yesterday we had a call from a shop owner who owns a small store but is having problems recruiting staff. His shop has got busier, he says, with people popping in, buying bits instead of going to large supermarkets. But his main problem is getting staff in. And one reason is because the COVID-19 payment is so good. Well, Vincent Jennings is Chief Executive of the Convenience Stores and News Agents Association and joins me. Good morning to you, Vincent. Good morning, John Paul. Have you similar stories from your members who have this or are in this situation? Yeah, uh, just just on one thing, I wouldn't say that the that the COVID payment of three hundred and fifty euro is so good if you had been earning five hundred euro a week and had lost your job. But relatively speaking, for a person who had only been doing one or two shifts and was earning was used to earning one hundred and twenty, one hundred and fifty euro to 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 have. 350 instead of that 150 it's it's more than so good it is you know it, it is extraordinary uh, generosity yeah because the, our, the guy we had one. yesterday Vincent was basically saying it was part-time yeah. staff he had maybe yeah, students right. who who had left that's him exactly, and that's, that's what he was exactly looking for point. yeah 
exactly the point. But I mean, I would prefer, to be perfectly honest with you, and I think that most people would prefer if people, if they had lost their jobs, that they would get as much as they've been previously earning. Um, and that would be fair and equitable. But unfortunately, the situation is that the state couldn't afford to do that, so it is it pitched a number of 350. But the trouble about that was that it was for everybody. So whether you were working one shift, two shifts, or five shifts, we're going to get 350 euro and for some people they would continue to work because work was what kept them going that's what they wanted to do but for others the temptation of earning or of receiving not earning receiving 350 was too large they opted for that and the state shouldn't allow that situation to develop I mean I you could of course from a responsibility point of view it is the person themselves who have done this but the state should have actually anticipated that this could possibly happen and should have actually prevented it by looking for the text that the, the, the employer consent or assent that it was a genuine unemployment what they should have done yeah, because I suppose at the time you can understand they had to do something to put yeah. measures in place and they have admitted now that there is loopholes and people have found ways around this that they are looking into. Uh, so you can understand why they did it. But is there a situation as well from what I've been reading in papers and online that some, unfortunately, uh, shop owners have had staff who basically just aren't turning up? I just This morning we had a contact from somebody in Tralee who said somebody who expressed himself perfectly happy just to do 10 hours a week. That's all I wanted to do, that's all I could do. Um, just walked out and um, got on to the benefit of 350 euro. So left that's their 10-hour a week job because they yes. knew they would get more money from, from that particular payment? Yes. yes, and this is not anecdotal. This this is happening up and down. I mean, we didn't ring you to, to let you know. I mean, this, this is happening up and down the country. And you're, a lot of the, the stores that are contacting us are, are smaller yeah. stores. And like I mentioned, people are going to do their massive shop in the large supermarkets. But if you want a couple of items to save yourself going into the bigger supermarkets, they are sure. using their, their local stores more and sure. more. Sure. So they're busier and they might need more staff than they usually would have. And that's where they're getting caught now. They're, a lot of the full-time staff are actually picking up the extra work. That, that's how unfair it is, is that you're actually, you know, you're, you're all fellow workers to up the slack for your, for your by, by, by walking out. That's exactly what's happening. And because then the staff are walking out and the full-time staff are, are picking up the slack, I mean, they're not going to get extra payment from the, their particular shop owners as well. Are, are, there, are those will, stores... They'll be properly rewarded. No, 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 no. But no, are the stores under pressure themselves? Are, of course, there are outliners uh, who are mean. But by and large, you know, shopkeepers all stand. If somebody's put out your line is breaking there, Vincent. Maybe if you can move slightly there, the line okay, just broke sorry. up there. I don't know if you can hear I, me. That, that's a lot better now yeah, there. Okay, just on stores if, if they were suffering. I, I'm just saying that, 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 that most certainly, you know, shopkeepers will reward people who work for them. Um, and if they're going to do extra, then they're entitled to, to getting extra for that. And what about stores who, if they are finding it hard, if you have a situation you can't get staff in, the full-time staff are doing them as much as they can, yeah. uh, but still the store themselves feel like they are now under financial pressure because they can't keep up with demand. I mean, what's going to happen with those particular stores? Well, well you know, I mean, certainly there is a call out there for, for extra workers. I mean, there there are 533,000 people have gone on to the unemployment benefit. Many of those people would be willing to work. Um, it's just a matter of intro... Uh, and, and recruitment agencies have to be able to 
to, to, to get people who are willing. Because a lot of those people, even though they are earning 350 or they're getting 350 but would prefer to work rather than be on the dole, would actually prefer to work. So we can max this. Max this. Furthermore, Pascal Donoghue's Minister of Finance's uh, announcement yesterday mm. with, with, the way, with the temporary wage subsidy scheme, bringing that from 70 to 85, that will make an enormous difference as well. Um, and, and, and hopefully, you know, we have, by proving to the, to the states that they were wrong in the way that they were doing things, and now that it brought in a solution, uh, we'd like to think that this will actually change. And of course, they have warned people as well that if they have claimed this benefit incorrectly, that they will have to investigate those particular matters if people are are doing that. So it might be a warning as well to people. I know, I know, I know. I mean, well, I mean, the likelihood of them being caught, because I mean, they are really, I mean, the department have done an an incredible job in a short space of time. I'm giving them credit for that. But I don't expect that there will be too many people. Uh, looking to investigate these matters um, because it's, you know it really is all hands to the pump at the moment in terms of processing applications for people because these will be a small minority and how can you actually justify you know spending resources looking at this? They should have prevented it. It's as simple as that. And now live with it and and, and move on. Yeah, well, I suppose it's in that situation now. And, and, and for shops themselves, I mean, uh, we mentioned how busier they are. How are your, your members coping at the moment now? Because yeah, a, a, a lot will find that I mean, busier. Yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag, John Paul. Mm. I mean, um, a, a large percentage are doing better. A large percentage are doing worse. Um, somewhere in between, then there are another smaller group of people. But it is, uh, th- there's no doubt about it that the queues uh, in the large supermarkets has actually caused people to, to, to consider values it has got and then an awful lot of our members are actually doing home deliveries as well and are happy to I mean it's amazing when people actually go to their stores and they see the range that is there and the value and the quality um, they're happy to do that and hopefully this will be a harbinger for things to come you know retail will never be the same again after this one there will be so many lessons learned um, and we'll be to the fore small small retailing will be to the fore in, in, in whatever the solutions are well, that's true. People will change their mindset on retail yeah. stores and hopefully maybe that the smaller ones that uh, might have struggled in the past will see their own customers coming back again yeah, and supporting local. The shopping local actually works out. It does. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. OK, well, Vincent, for the moment, Paul, thank you, uh, you take care. That's Vincent Jennings there, who's Chief Executive of the Convenience Stores and News Agents Association on that issue that a lot of the uh, smaller stores are having on recruiting staff. And as you heard him there say, uh, staff not even turning up for work just not calling them not saying anything to their boss just not turning up and going off and claiming that particular payment uh, should they have done that what Vincent said should they have given if you did lose your job you get a text from from your employer or a letter to say that you did lose your job or did the government just have to go ahead and get this particular payment going for those who have lost their jobs and were on, on big wages and have to pay mortgages and look after those people as well uh, many would say they had to act fast which they did anyhow lines are open 1850 333 103 text or WhatsApp 2103103 on the way uh, this is a, a worrying story on how teenagers uh, here in Cork are running up drug debts of over 30,000 euros and it's their parents now are seeking loans from either the bank or the credit union to pay these particular debts it's a story Anne Murphy has been working on from the Echo and we'll speak with her on that next You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Drug debts of up to €30,000 have been run up by teenage drug users in parts of the city's south side. It's a story Anne Murphy is writing for The Echo and she joins me. Good morning to you, Anne. 
Good morning, Shippy. Uh, this is quite a worrying story and worrying looking at the, the high level of debts that have been raised on this. Uh, is it seemingly that drug dealers are openly trying to get the money back from these teens and it's their parents obviously enough now who are picking up the worry uh, and the financial cost of this? Yes, um, I've spoken with a number of concerned residents out in the area um, of, of the parts of the south side um, and who are very concerned. They're saying that um, drug dealers are openly going to houses um, of uh, drug users um, intimidating parents into handing over um, large sums of money that have been ran up um, by their uh, teenage children. And in many cases, the parents are totally unaware of the vast extent of the uh, debts that have been accumulated. And uh, sources are saying to me that the the sums of money are between 18 and 30,000 euros in some cases. And the reason for this is that in the last year or so, um, cocaine has become um, fairly prevalent again on our streets. And as a result, the drugs debts are a lot higher than they would have been um, in, in previous years because... Um, heroin was cheaper and cannabis was cheaper, but cocaine is seen as a more uh, party-time drug that's associated with good times and with the economic boom, and that's why the figures are so stark and so high. Yeah, and it was evidence before COVID-19 came along, especially, I suppose, people out for Christmas parties. It was very evident at the level of people who were using cocaine. They weren't even hiding it in public bars or nightclubs. And you would see a lot of the younger generation maybe doing it more public than the older generation. And this evidence is there now that it was as high as it is. I mean, the the repayments they're seeking, how are they doing this? I mean, when they call to someone's door, are they threatening or is it worrying? Yes, they are threatening, um, and in some cases, people have um, been assaulted um, in looking uh, by the dealers looking for the money. Um, threats are being made. Um, parents are being, you know, uh, pressured into going to uh, credit unions, and in some cases, money lenders for the money um, in order to pay these dealers and to get them off their backs as quickly as possible. Um, the dealers are operating in, um, you know, almost broad daylight, going to the houses of people, um, not at all worried about being seen in the locality. So, um, in some areas, that the, the people are visibly aware that, um, you know, that drug dealing is is an issue for a certain family because the drug dealers would be known and they are turning up to people's doors. And when we mention threats and, and turning up to a family home, is it threats against the home or the family or, or the teen or are they coming along with weapons or, or how are the threats made? Um, there was one recent case where there was uh, weapons used um, and that case has, has gone to court. Um, there, there's been a number of cases, you know, people being um, threatened with violence, the, the users themselves. But obviously parents in, in those families want to protect their, their young people and, and want to um, get rid of the drug dealers' debts out of their lives and try to get back to normal as quickly as possible. But in cases where huge debts are being run up to up to 30,000, it's, it's obviously going to take a long time. Of course. Um, in some cases to pay off such debts. But you, you mentioned there um, that the party scene was evident at Christmas that um, cocaine was back. And in, in one recent story that we covered in The Echo, um, it seems that it's right across the board. It's not just young teenagers. I did a story about um, a number of people going away on a trip and they were, you know, a, a group of sports people and 29 out of the 30 of them um, were planning to take cocaine while they were on the trip. Um, and they had allocated one individual to secure the cocaine for the trip away 
Um, but Gardaí uh, were wise to the to the set, and the trip obviously didn't come off as well as, as the twenty nine had hoped. Yeah, you'd wonder with everything going on at the moment and with this current crisis, will that ease things or will things go as mad as they are again when it comes to drugs? We saw that, I suppose, during the boom times and it certainly was back as bad as the boom, if worse, I think, uh, in the last few weeks before COVID-19 started. Very evident, I think, when people were out at Christmas. So it would be interesting to see if this will continue as it is. I mean, for those who were living in these particular areas of the South Side in housing estates, uh, neighbours, uh, either even brothers and sisters, I mean, the parents must be worried for those around them because we've seen in other cities how there has been mistaken identities when it comes to either attacking a house or worse still, even if there's gunshots fired. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can see why the neighbours are worried about this. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people are just very concerned that the that the drug dealers will take over their area. Um, over the last couple of days, even... Um, Heroin seems to have been a, a, a big problem in Cork um, for quite a number of years, certainly over a decade. Um, and in the last few days, there have been a number of incidents where heroin needles have been found in residential areas of the city. So it's not just cocaine is the issue, it's, it's heroin as well. And we have a story this morning in the Echo where a nine-year-old boy picked up, um, or sorry, he didn't pick up, he came across um, syringes, youth syringes and spoons associated with heroin use. Um, when he was running after his football yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. And it was at an idle house or somewhere where he came yeah. across them and brought them back yeah. to his dad. Yeah. God, that's a worry. Yeah. Uh, so it shows it's, it's still evident among some sectors of society. And with this in mind, then, I mean, you say they're going to the credit unions, they're going to banks to try and get the money. Is there a fear as well that some drug dealers, uh, because some parents might not be able to get that particular money from the credit union or uh, banks, and maybe some will try uh, money lenders, but might not be successful for for the big amounts. You could see a situation whereby you could have a, a young fellow who was dabbling in, in, in drugs, uh, going along and doing errands for these drug dealers and he could end up in that particular circle. That is already happening apparently oh, in, in parts of Cork as well, yeah. Unfortunately um, people are doing that in order to uh, fund or you know, to, to circumvent uh, the, the date and that's what they're doing is, is um, doing uh, drug runs and, and pieces like that but it's not as significant I think as it is in, in other parts of the country. Yeah, I mean, it's an underworld that a lot of people might be aware of in Cork or in, in any town or any city, but it is there. Uh, it and, is there. And this is the evidence of it. Well, hopefully um, those parents who are trying to deal with this will get those drug dealers off their back and hopefully their teens. I mean, the big thing here is that the teenagers haven't got hooked on drugs and that they learn from their responsibilities. Indeed. No, I know that at the moment there is, um, the, the treatment centres have had a lot of people coming to them um, in the last, you know, in the last year or so relating to cocaine um, in recent weeks because of the COVID-19 um, epidemic and pandemic even. Um, the treatment centres are closed to um, to new um, people coming into them, but they are stressing that they have got uh, phone lines um, up and running to, to talk to people who are um, in the throes of addiction and are looking for help. Of course, because at the moment there will be problems going to those centres, so at least uh, that's a positive that they can do that remotely. And and yourself, uh, with everything going on uh, with yourself and, and obviously working in the Echo, how are, we, how are you guys doing there? 
we're doing good. We're working from home, all of us. Um, we miss each other's company, but we're <laughs> busy on WhatsApp um, and we're linking in with each other every day. Um, it is a very different face to uh, news reporting at the moment, but um, it's it's uh, certainly a challenge, but we're getting there anyway, and it's good to be able to get the news on the streets despite everything that's going on around us. Exactly. Well, uh, best of luck to you, Anne, and, and mind yourself with everything going on, and also well done on that particular drug story. It's good to, uh, to get that highlighted and also for parents as many of these parents weren't aware their teens were using drugs maybe it's not hard to have that conversation so you don't get a knock in the door uh, like those parents did for the moment and thanks for joining us this morning on that thank you very much thank, thank you and Murphy there uh, a journalist with the echo on that story very worrying that uh, teenagers uh, here in Cork especially uh, these coming from the south side of the city uh, running up drug debts of over 30,000 euros and now uh, the parents uh, many unfortunately going to money lenders but some going to the banks and indeed uh, credit unions to pay that back if they're lucky enough to get those loans. Anyhow, your calls are welcome. 1850-333-103. Bernie and Sadie taking your calls or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Good morning to you. It's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger right through until one o'clock this afternoon. And if you want to get in contact with us with your calls and comments, you can do so. You can call Bernie or Sadie now on 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can tweet this morning at C103 Cork. News just breaking in the last uh, few seconds is a legal challenge that was for the 50 million euro state funding package to help build the Cork Event Centre that has been withdrawn. Uh, We'll have more on that over the next um, few hours but for the moment that challenge that was set in place it wasn't the funding uh, for the uh, the funding package that was coming for the state on the Cork Event Centre. That particular legal challenge now has been withdrawn. We'll bring you more on that as we hear it across the morning. Uh, to your calls and comments though, first of all on government formation and this is how Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are in talks at the moment and seemingly uh, even though some party members have concerns overall Leo Riker and Micheál Martin have won the backing of their parties to proceed on what is a very historic agreement uh, towards forming a government. Uh, Two parties who would have uh, been known as civil war parties never should have got on and now they are talking and they could form a government. Anyhow, on this uh, text here says that because there is so many concerns about this, I mentioned the the Cork uh, Fine Gaelers that are concerned, that being Senator Jerry Buttermer and that is also uh, McCroom's Minister for Agriculture, Michael Creed. They're mentioned in the papers and on that uh, text here is saying, well on the future government uh, they are proving uh, that I think all of these parties belong to one rotten block and if those particular uh, Fianna Gael TDs and senators like Jerry Buttermer you mentioned uh, are showing concern well then they can show that concern by leaving the party or indeed just hunt with the hounds I doubt it though that the Greens will throw their hat in the ring and if the Greens do well then I will never vote for them again uh, says that particular texter. And Jim in East Cork has a concern with what is coming out from that particular pact uh, from both Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil. They have a number of policies they, uh, they revealed slowly. Uh, they reported in the papers this morning as well. They mention universal health care and also they mention a new deal which will see the government following a referendum, uh, if it was to go ahead, allow the government to seize land uh, for housing. Now, Jim in East Cork has a concern about that because he says, uh, my concern over purchasing land 
land is does this mean that they can just purchase farming land I know land that is still used and worked on by farmers but it is near the cities or indeed large towns and land nearby has been built on been sold for housing farmers have made money fair play to them but that land is now full of housing estates you might have the odd fields dotted in between these housing estates still worked on by other farmers surely they can't just take a field off someone or can they because it's obvious those particular fields would be ideal uh, for a housing prospect well according to this and again this is all due to uh, talks going on and everything going ahead with this but according to those PACs uh, promises they have is that a referendum would have to take place first and I imagine if you have a concern Jim there's a lot more people out there that have a concern if this is right or wrong they would have to hold a referendum to allow then the government to go along and seize land that would be used for housing so it would have to be a referendum first of all that they couldn't just come along and seize the land and I wonder how that referendum would go if people are having concerns and we have a large agricultural policy and population in this particular country and we also have a lot of heritage going back to land where people love to own a plot of land. Look at that play, uh, the field. Uh, So with all of that in mind, uh, would it go through? It's hard to know. Anyhow, Jim, thank you for your call to 1850-333-103. On the government and pay cuts, uh, no mention yet that they will receive pay cuts, uh, but it is being something that has been looked at. Uh, Pascal Dinner, who did mention yesterday, but no talks of pay cuts yet for the government. A lot of people saying now that they should take pay cuts in line with other private sector workers or then cut back on those within Leinster House, like again, other private companies have do. They've either made a, a pay cut or they have cut staff or, or reduced operations. It's what many have done. Uh, others feel now that the TDs of this country should follow on and lead by example. Heidi says, my thoughts on pay cuts for TDs. I think they should have or take a pay cut as most working from home are not only on their salary they are on much greater than most people so it would be good if they did show that they understand how hard it is for us all says Heidi and while Tom in Fermoy says the government should lead by example because Leah is getting paid more than Trump and we are only a small nation. There are a lot of poor people already out there and this will mean there'll be plenty more after this particular crisis. On the payment, the COVID-19 payment and how uh, so many small retail stores are finding it hard now. First of all, to keep staff. We heard earlier uh, from Vincent Jennings of the Convenience and News Agents outlets that basically you have staff just not turning up to work. They're just refusing to come to work and what's happening is that they're not telling their bosses they're going along and claiming this payment because for part-time workers they're getting paid more from the COVID payment than they would from their employer and uh, text or, or somebody on WhatsApp saying should the social welfare should they have contacted the employer first to confirm if they had work for them or not before they paid out the 350 so easily uh, well I suppose you would say yes they should but because of the current times and this had to be rushed in so you, uh, the majority of people that maybe need this particular payment who had well paid jobs who have to pay mortgages they needed that particular payment fast to keep uh, a roof over their heads and to keep their payments uh, going back for mortgages even though some of them can, can freeze their mortgages but outside of that you still have to pay for food uh, pay for uh, extra bits and bobs around the house for your children some companies are very good some utility companies have been really good to people Others are still working on what they can do for their customers and banks 
are willing to negotiate on mortgages but you still need money coming in for that weekly shop uh, so while some people who were earning five, six, seven hundred euros a week yes 350 was a knockback for them but still it is able for them to keep their household going uh, for others it was an increase so uh, how would they work it out? Yeah, should they have done that? Probably should have but then there's a lot of should have, would have and that could have delayed this particular payment getting uh, going through. That's not to say as was alluded to yesterday that after all this is over they will be reviewing on who got the payment. That's something that could happen later down the line but we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, also on people who want to work Frank is in Castletown Roach and he says young people who are aged between 16 and 17 who want to get a W licence to drive vehicles and I presume this is maybe agricultural vehicles, uh, cannot do so uh, because the theory tests and the offices are closed, that they are off school, they cannot get to work and they could work on farms or in some type of garden centres with this particular licence, says Frank, but they are unable to obtain that particular licence. And outside of that, on the issue we spoke about with Anne Murphy from The Echo on drugs and the issue whereby we are, from that story, seeing parents now paying large amounts of money to drug dealers because their sons or daughters have been using drugs and owe these drug dealers between 18,000 and 30,000 euro a large amount of money and drug dealers openly going to the doors of these people and neighbours now are worried because neighbours are aware who these people are and we've heard so many stories of mistaken identity this is the last thing the neighbours want happening in their particular housing estate or in their particular neighbourhood and I mentioned there that story that Anne was writing was from uh, sources she had on the city's south side and Michael on WhatsApp is saying you don't have to go into the cities to see all these uh, drug going on and drug dealers calling to parents front doors demanding money that their children owe them for drugs. It's right across the countryside, especially parents here will pay up rather than neighbours see them or their children being associated with drugs. So parents, regardless of what has been said, they're just paying up because they don't want to look bad in front of the neighbours, which is, is a big thing in more rural areas than urban maybe. Anyhow, Michael, thank you for your WhatsApp on that. And uh, this is a person querying uh, what's happening at the moment regarding the restrictions and what will happen to her workplace uh, here's the WhatsApp first of all she says I got a call from my boss yesterday saying that the factory will be closed until the 5th of May and he said that we should be back to work after that so will it be up to them to say when we go back to work or will it be up to the government to say when it will be safe to go back to work well I presume your boss is going on the current restrictions and feeling that with everything going on that they will wait until May the 5th and see what happens with the particular restrictions or like most companies are doing they're depending on on what you work at they're offering you to work at home or else they're laying people off and they're getting the COVID payment I'm not too sure what way your boss is working it if he's going on the current restrictions that could mean you could be back to work after the 5th of May if they slowly lift restrictions for different things that they're saying they might do then again they might not We, as I said every day it changes and we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next number of weeks but it's really a question maybe for your boss if he's going on the government line or is it a company policy that they'll wait and see what happens on that particular day and they'll see how the government are, are getting on how figures are going uh, what the cases of COVID-19 are like in this country uh, they may be waiting to see so 
it's it could be a, most of them are company decisions, but they could be waiting uh, to see what the government does. But I'm not too sure uh, what type of industry you're working in. Uh, but I would say that it will be your boss first of all will be telling you when you go back to work, work uh, over uh, than you hearing it from the government. Your boss will make that call for you, uh, especially if it's a private company. And something else that is coming up a lot in our show, and we've had a number of healthcare workers raise this from uh, nurses to doctors to porters or whoever they are working within our hospitals. And I have a text here from a person who was out doing her shop yesterday and now she's saying she thought the store she was in uh, or most stores uh, allowed from let's say 9 to 11 uh, shopping just for the elderly or vulnerable well uh, every store has their own time frame so maybe one store has that another store might say it's from 7am to 9am and another store might say it's from midday to 3 every store really has their own time for that it's not a generic I've seen different stores with different times so I'm not too sure is that the exact time for that particular shop but anyhow uh, she uh, she said she was frightened by seeing two healthcare staff dressed in their uniforms and they doing their shopping. Yeah, they had their aprons and masks on them, uh, but they were doing their shopping. No, they're very right. They need to do their shopping as well. Uh, they, they're going to work every day. They need to come home and shop. And the only chance, if, especially if they're shopping at that hour of the morning, I can only assume they were on the night shift and they were coming back from work, popping into the shop to get stuff for their household. They may have young children. They have a family at home and they said they will shop for them before they go back, unload the shopping and get a few hours kip before they're up again later in the day to go off and head into hospital to work on a 12-hour shift overnight. Usually maybe it's uh, 8 to 8 or 7 to 8 or, or whatever. Um, nowadays, the longer hours they, they, they are putting in because of what is happening. Uh, but that's your view on it. And you didn't like to see them there in their in their uniform from, from the hospital. The other view of this is from hospital workers that are in contact with us who say can people who see us out and about in our uniforms as we leave the hospital or pop into shops to get food uh, for our our home, for ourselves and for our family, can they not look at us or try to avoid us as if we have the plague? We are doing the best we can while working in hospital situations. We leave the hospitals. We do look after everything hygiene-wise when we leave the hospital. Most of us are wearing extra clothing over our uniforms anyway when we're dealing with particular cases. We obey by all the rules, all the health regulations. We sanitise, etc. But please, can people stop looking and treating healthcare staff? And that's from nurses, to doctors, to porters, uh, to people who are working in hospitals, uh, treating them like that they have some type of plague and have a bit of respect. So there's two angles there on that from the person who didn't like seeing them dressed up in a shop to the healthcare worker on their view. And remember, they are working extremely hard at the moment, but also they need to go to the shops. And if you're seeing people early in the morning, they may have done a night shift, get the the shopping in, go home after their shop, get a few hours kip and back into work again the next day. So anyhow, that's the, the view, two different views on that this morning coming into us on text, uh, on people's views on healthcare workers out shopping, both from the, the shopper point of view and the healthcare point of view. Your views are welcome on that. 1850-333-103. And a listener in Tarleton, which is near McCroom, they are appealing for lorries who may be carrying uh, loads of logs, forestry lorries, I suppose. Uh, this particular listener feels they might be going too fast, so just to be extra careful because a lot of people are walking on the roads as they get their exercise during the day and they're asking people to take care of that. So if you're one of those lorry drivers, just be aware of that, of people walking on those narrow roads around Tarleton. Uh, hi to Bertie and Kathleen, 
who are, is hoping Trisha's doing well. No, she's not sick, by the way. This would be, uh, well, it still is, but it would be Easter midterm. So as we know, the schools are off, but they would have been off for two weeks. And this would be Easter midterm where uh, Patricia would usually be off. And, and most people would take either last week or, or this week off uh, to spend time at home uh, during midterm. So uh, that's why she's just on an annual leave. Nothing wrong at all with her. She'll be back again on Monday uh, with this particular show. But thank you to Bertie and Kathleen inquiring about her. No, all is OK with her, Patricia. And on that, we have a lot of postcards. You know those unpost postcards? They are coming into us across the last number of few days uh, I'll bring what people have written to us to you shortly as well I have a lot of emails coming in to us and we'll get to all of those and we thank you for those and we will get to those emails over the next hour or so but keep your calls coming to us 1850-333-103 text or WhatsApp 86 we're discussing the issue of financial abuse uh, next and some people who are appointing temporary agents to deal with their pensions their post office and banking uh, work how unfortunately some maybe taken or advantage of maybe taking uh, more than they should from that particular person that we'll be discussing that uh, with Safeguard Ireland next C103 Jobs On today's job spot we have opportunities for a production operator wanted for the food industry in the West Cork area Previous experience is an advantage references are required send your CV to Tim at hamiltonfrench.com PE Global they're now recruiting for the following community nurse and a community nurse manager acute and palliative nurses, a pharmacist, a nursing home nurse and medical info roles. You can call Aulia on 0818 or email aulia.lynch at peglobal.net and cleaners are wanted for an immediate start in the Mallow, Bantry and Castle Island area. Four hours per evening from 8 to midnight, five days a week. You can contact 87 314-4149 for further details. you get these jobs and more right now though on c103.ie forward slash job. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Safeguard Ireland, they are highlighting the need for public vigilance to guard against increased financial abuse during this COVID-19 crisis. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Safeguarding Chairperson Patricia Rickard-Clark joins me on this. Good morning to you, Patricia. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. I suppose it's important everyone obeys the restrictions at this time and that's why people are staying at home. But there is people who do have to appoint temporary agents during uh, this particular crisis for their financial business. And I'm sure the majority will be fine, but people need to be vigilant that those that are doing the business for maybe those cocooning over 70 are not taken advantage. Uh, indeed. And uh, I emphasise, of course, that uh, it is important uh, that those who need to stay at home are at home. So a number of those people are people over 70 who would normally go out and collect their pension on a weekly basis, uh, socialise, have their cup of coffee, do their shopping and all of that. Uh, and the government now, the Department of Social Protection, has put in place um, the, uh, the the facility for those people who are now have to cocoon uh, to appoint a person who is called a temporary agent uh, to perhaps uh, collect their pension on their behalf. And banks have also put in place uh, temporary arrangements. So obviously in Ireland, um, well, first of all to say in Ireland that we have a high level of financial abuse. And in situations like this, uh, obviously these uh, situations are heightened and the abuse is heightened because there's more facility, particularly if you're uh, allowing flexibility in these matters. So if we take the uh, pension, the collection of the pension first, what Safeguarding Ireland would say is that obviously approach all of these arrangements with caution. Um, and uh, if a person has a bank account, uh, what Safeguarding Ireland would be saying is that in the first place, examine whether you can uh, arrange with your uh, the, with the department to transfer your pension directly into your bank account. So you full control and you know what's going in uh, and then you can um, arrange to make your payments out of your bank account. On the other hand, we're very aware that are, there are a number of people who would not have that facility of a bank account uh, and may have to appoint a temporary agent. So normally the department has a facility where if one is unwell for a short period of time uh, or can't get out, they can appoint a temporary agent. And that's limited to a period of six months or five a collection of five payments. So they're extending that to allow for 15 payments uh, to be collected. And as we know now, the department are operating on a fortnightly basis. So a number of issues arise in that. First of all, uh, one must appoint uh, somebody to uh, act as their agent. When appointing that person, we would say really important to uh, select a person that you can really trust. Unfortunately, again, the statistics will show that the highest level of abuse is perpetrated by a family member. So, of course, one can appoint a family member as a temporary agent, but just think, who is the person you're appointing? Are they suitable? Are they really trustworthy? Second thing is that you must give your PPS card to the person you're appointing uh, each time they're collecting your pension. And again, we would say, uh, if you give that card, make sure you get it back straight away. You find out from the person who you you have appointed uh, when they're going to collect your pension, when you should uh, expect to receive it. And again, you might say to the person you've appointed, look, when you collect my pension, would you do some shopping for me? Again, we would say really important both for the safeguarding of the agent themselves and indeed the pensioner that there's full accountability, one gets a receipt. Uh, but coming back then, if you can at all possible, 
uh, uh, arrange for the pension to be transferred to your bank account, uh, then perhaps rather than cash transactions or cash being passed in hands, you could arrange to ring your local shop uh, supplier or your pharmacy, arrange to pay by card, and then ask somebody to collect uh, your goods for you. Um, Now, banks, again, recently have set up uh, one. They have now, each of the main banks have now set up a dedicated phone line uh, for older and vulnerable customers. And we'd say to people they should really contact their banks and if they need to pay, say, utilities and other bills, can they arrange with their bank to pay that, even if they don't want to stand in order for an ongoing period of time, uh, that they actually arrange for that in, in this period. And the other thing I would say is that, um, of course, any of these arrangements can be terminated. If somebody has difficulties uh, or um, feel that something untoward is happening, they should immediately terminate the arrangement. And they should either contact the Department of Social Protection, the post office, or their bank. The other thing is, in appointing that agent, make sure that uh, you're not being coerced into appointing a particular person, that you voluntarily appoint that, but keep control of your monies, keep control over your pension and the amounts and and whatever. And um, insofar as possible, if you have bank accounts, to make use of that bank account. Yeah, because it was something else that we're getting calls on here as well and everybody's social welfare payments and pensions can differ and some people might get a double payment for, for a certain thing and some people might not. Uh, but we have got calls uh, from people who were worried about this situation. This is where the public vigilance side of things comes in whereby if someone feels they should have got more money out of a particular social welfare payment and the person who's looking after that for them or collecting the money is saying, no, you just got this amount this week. Uh, that is something that maybe they themselves or the person is unsure there's no harm in ringing either social welfare or a bank or whoever to double check that there's no wrong on that and the person that's doing the work for you will never find out uh, absolutely a really really important uh, if it's your pension or your welfare you can check with the um, first of all with the department I would say and then with your local post office now I do know that both the department and the post office uh, are both are members of Safeguarding Ireland. They're very aware of the uh, increase, the possible increase of financial abuse. So, you know, they hopefully will be asking hard questions as well. But absolutely, if there's any difficulty, uh, contact them directly. Really, really important. I know in the past research has been carried out and when it comes to these type of scenarios older people always uh, seem to be less concerned about who is in charge or that this could happen to them so this is why you have to be extra careful I mean one option you gave there was paying your shopping some people are handing over their bank cards and giving their PIN numbers to people I mean yes. uh, that, that is yeah. something that really if you can avoid that maybe do if, if you, again a majority will probably be okay but as a minority might make use of that in a different way Yes, well, we would say, and indeed the banks recently in their very recent uh, leaflet about cocooning during COVID-19 say never share your PIN number uh, and again, do not give your credit or debit card. Um, So if if you haven't cash to give, try and make other arrangements with your local supplier or the pharmacy or whatever and try and make those arrangements. Uh, Really, really important not to give some of those that that personal information because uh, that does, I mean, the the statistics will show uh, that that is one of the real mechanisms uh, for financial abuse. 
Um, so so uh, th- that's really important. The other, the other thing, sorry, the yeah. other thing I would say is never add a person as a joint to your your bank account as a joint bank uh, owner. So uh, if you have a bank account, do not add a person to that bank account uh, because they have full access to your bank account. What you can do in a bank is now open again a temporary agency account if you need to do so. Uh, again, make sure you tell the bank uh, that it is an agency account. You then still, the bank still know that you own the money and then arrange maybe to transfer from another bank account into that bank account to pay your bills and everything. But in opening that third-party account, make sure you tell the bank the purpose of that and it is really limited to paying your bills and access that person for that purpose. And what do you do in a situation if you're aware one of your siblings, for example, is financially abusing maybe your mother or your father? Uh, you don't want to upset them. I mean, do you confront the situation head on? Obviously, you need your, your proof first. But for a situation in a time where everybody's worried and there might be anxiety in families and you want to raise this, what's the best way of going about that if you're nearly 100% sure and you have the proof that this is happening? Well, if you have the proof that it's happening, that is test it's a crime, you should contact the Gardaí. Now, the Gardaí, again, are good at not jumping into, you know, conclusion, but making discreet inquiries and maybe visiting and talking to people and finding out. Uh, If it's in relation to your state payment, contact the um, Department of Social Protection because, again, they can put other arrangements in place uh, to, to help you with that. But it's really important that people do call it out when they see it. The other uh, aspect, what, what one might do, is to contact one of the HSC Safeguarding and Protection teams. There are nine teams around the country. Again, details of those are on Safeguarding Ireland's website and contact one of those teams who can again come to the assistance of the person or uh, tap into somebody like Sage Advocacy for Older People. Um, just coming back to a point that you made earlier, I think is, is really an important point. You said people aren't aware. Uh, Safeguarding Ireland did a survey there about November, December last, and uh, we did it with Banking and Payments Federation. And we discovered, well, not that we discovered that we knew already, but we were just reassessing the situation that over the the financial abuse over the population from 18 upwards is around over 20%. Now, if you take older people and look at HSE figures, that figure increases to over 25% if you're over 65. It increases to over 30% if you're over 80. But the telling point in that survey that we did was, and indeed other surveys was, that over 40%, a large proportion of older people do not think they will ever experience financial abuse. And yet all the figures point that there are very high levels of financial abuse. So older people tend to think they can trust people, that people will do what they say will they, they will do and whatever. So really, uh, it's an awful thing, but we have to be really cautious about who we're asking to assist us. And there are huge numbers of fantastic family members and fantastic supporters out there. But unfortunately, there's a large group that actually do abuse. And also in this country, we have a culture to think we can make decisions on behalf of older people, even when they have capacity, uh, which we can't, unless we have legal authority 
to uh, like being formally appointed under one of these arrangements or being formally appointed under an enduring power of attorney, we as a family member do not have the authority to transact business or give consent or to manage a person's money and we must realise that. Okay, and as you say, it's unfortunate that people do act in that way, but some can, and it's good to be vigilant in those particular situations for the moment. Patricia, thank you for that, and thank you for the advice this morning for those who might find themselves in that situation. Patricia Ricard clark from Safeguarding Ireland. She's chairperson. And if you want more information, you can get that on uh, their websites, safeguardingireland.org, and also uh, on this particular website. And again, if you have access to the web, or maybe if you want someone to look this up for you, if you're not too sure how how the whole thing works you can go to safeguardyourmoney.ie and we have those details here as well and we can pass them on to you 1850-333-103 our lines are open or indeed you can text on WhatsApp 86 uh, we'll check in on the latest crimes and scams affecting the Cork area next on our Gardafall You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. And time for this week's Garda File. I'm joined by Sergeant John Kelly from Fermoy Garda Station. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, John Paul. And what we are seeing, and I'm sure you are as well uh, from stats around the country, crime is low. And I suppose the checkpoints that have been going on, especially over the weekend, it might be deterring criminals from carrying out their work over the last week or so. Well, that would appear to be the case, John Paul, because, I mean, the last week uh, we haven't had a burglary across the whole division of Cork North. So when you consider that goes from Rock Chapel across there to Kilbehenny, so from Kerry across the County Limerick down to uh, meet uh, Blackwater in Yall and down to Cove in that area, like, that's that's a huge area, you know. Um, so obviously um, the checkpoints are having a major effect, the fact that there's very little traffic on the road. And what traffic it is, it's, I suppose, it's like a filter. Uh, those checkpoints are able to screen it a lot easier, you know. Um, but I suppose just because the, the physical crime kind of has stopped, we do see um, that, the you, you know... The online crime. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's like for all the world as if we have two front doors now, nowadays. Uh, one, a virtual front door into, into the cyber world, and one, the physical front door to our own house. And where the cyber world is concerned, um, there seems to be a couple of different scams happening. And I just want to bring you up to speed with, with, with a couple of them, you know, just for people to be aware of them. Now, the first scam warning considers, um, deals with, uh, um, a fraudulent Facebook page, which is purporting to be the National Driver License Service, the NDLS. And this fraudulent Facebook page, and it has been reported to Facebook to be removed, it's, it was inviting people to contact them via WhatsApp to apply for or renew their driving license. And they were then seeking payment of over €200. Euros. So, you know, I would emphasize this is a scam to part people that with their money. The NDLS does not have any official social media pages. And the only way to contact the NDLS is through the official RSA social media pages or online through uh, www.rsa.ie or www.ndls.ie. So, as I say, that's that's one to do with the, the National Driver um, License Service. The second one, uh, you know, is a fraud. Well, criminals are trying to obtain personal banking or credit details of Irish uh, people under the guise of a request to update personal Netflix accounts 
with banking and our other credit card details. And they're choosing ones that are topical. Netflix being one that's very topical at the moment because we're, we're, with the lockdown, you know, a lot of people are um, onlizing, uh, you, you, you know, they're going online for, for, for their videos and whatnot, you know. So um, in this particular one, the Garda National Economic Crime Bureau, they wish to warn the public to never reveal their personal banking or credit card details in response to unsolicited emails, text messages, SMS messages or phone calls. Um, and where a person um, is concerned at contact from what appears to be a genuine entity, such as Netflix or the bank, in other words, somebody that the, some service that they're using themselves, they should go and look up that in the entity independently. Do not go through any link contained in that message, you know, and may contact the, the check if, the, if, if that contact was genuine. So do ne- never go through any link that's contained within that email that you get, you know. And, you know, we're also ordering the public you know, to stop and think before releasing any personal data to persons unknown, you know. And if in doubt, just don't do it, you know. Um, Another one that I came across myself, um, it's along the same lines. It's an email I received a couple of days ago, and it purports to be from AIR. Oh, we got a lot of calls about this, John, actually, this week. Yeah, yeah. So it obviously was happening, uh, um, basically telling me that I was due a refund, and that uh, my monthly billing balance was paid in error, and it was paid in twice. And for uh, to log on, uh, again, through through a link contained in the email, and I'm quite sure that once I'm... uh, once I'm given, uh, once I've given my banking details, I'm quite sure an attempt will be made to take money from my account. You know, um, but again, if you look at the top left-hand corner uh, of your emails, and you'll see that um, where that e- email has emanated from, and you'll know straight away by looking at it that it's it's uh, emanating from you know a foreign-looking account anyway. You know. Um, so, look, I say to people, just be very, very careful uh, about giving personal details. You know, delete those de- delete those emails uh, straight away. And as I said already, if they are in any doubt, make independent contact uh, through, um, uh, you know, to whatever service provider they're, they're linked in with, whether that's AIR or whether it's Netflix or indeed whether it's their bank, you know. But I think, as you said already there, uh, John Paul, you know, over the weekend, Operation Fanoc was in place, and we found it very, very successful. And uh, thankfully, you know, there was a very high level of compliance with the public health guidelines over the Easter weekend. You know, and it's no doubt it has, you know, saved lives, and will continue to save lives. And you know, just for people to bear with it, and uh, just, just, just go with the flow. Um, it's not going to last forever, but uh, we just have to be, you know, ensure that we go, you know. Yeah. Follow the regulations. And were people um, okay when you when you stopped them? And I, I know some people were turned back at certain locations because they shouldn't have been going where they were going, and, and they were going against the, the restrictions and the rules. But the majority, were, were, I presume, were doing right and doing well. Even though I know that, people are, are upset over maybe being turned around, but the majority were doing the right thing and just going to work or going to, to a shop or something. The vast majority were doing the right thing and were following with guidelines. Um, but as you, as you can tell, and there was you know there was a national. Um, uh, press release on that. I think there was in total seven people had to be arrested, and I'm quite sure before that happened, uh, it would have gone to the extreme. Um, you know, um, there were, of course, there were other incidents that happened, like involving house or street parties, or uh, you, you, you know. But to be fair, you know, compliance was pretty good overall. You know, um, now the 
I suppose road safety, you could say, has improved as well because there's been a number of detections um, at the checkpoints, the COVID-19 checkpoints in, a, in areas such as speeding and drug driving and drink driving, you know. Um, so, you, you know, to be fair, there isn't a lot of traffic on the roads at the moment. Um, just, a, just a word before I finish, John Paul, and could I just emphasise for people to take their uh, to take their news, to take any warnings of that from from respected news sources like C103, like the National Radio, like our RTE and News Talk um, today and FM and everything like that, uh, you know, and don't be just going into the old thing of it. There was always said in Ireland, the old saying, uh, a woman told me that a woman told her, and that has been happening with a lot of those social media uh, messages on Facebook. You know, if it hasn't been um, you know, if it hasn't been reported on, on, on national media or, or uh, regional radio, you know, or indeed on respected publications, the, 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 the Examiner, the Corkman, you know, the Evan do all those, you know, it really do not believe. Yeah, that's a good point because anybody can write anything on Facebook. Unfortunately, it's not regulated, whereas those other sources you mentioned, like radio, papers, TV, they, they are regulated and anything that is said has to be answered for by the regulator, where, again, unfortunately, Facebook is not. And that's something that has still been looked at. Uh, for the moment, John, I suppose, for people out there, be aware of those scams that, that continue online and, and keep uh, keep an eye on your emails and watch where they come from so you're not cut out on those. And you mind yourself, John, in the meantime. And thanks Correct. for joining Thank us. Thank you, John Paul. Thank Take you for care. Your Sergeant John Kelly from from my Garda station with this week's crime file. Uh, we had two texts earlier, one from a healthcare worker, one from a person who was in a supermarket who saw a healthcare worker with a uniform on. She wasn't happy that the healthcare worker was wearing her uniform in the supermarket. We gave both sides of the story, the supermarket shopper and the healthcare worker. We've got a, a big reaction to that. We're bringing you those calls and comments as well after midday along with a lot of emails into the show on different topics. Uh, so keep your calls coming to us to both Bernie and Sadie 1850-333-103 Indeed you can always tweet us at C103Cork or send us a message on Facebook via Messenger to at C103Cork. But for the moment a nice afternoon here in Cork. Our lines are open. Your pet questions are welcome. Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket joins us after 12.30 answering all your pet questions some coming in so get them into us on 1850-333-103 Bernie and Sadie taking your calls or indeed you can always text or WhatsApp to ourselves here in studio 0862-103-103 on phone or indeed on text or WhatsApp you can email as well if you wish jp at c103.ie and a lot of calls and comments in this is in relation to uh, the call earlier from a person who was in a supermarket and she basically saw a health worker in the supermarket wearing her uniform and she wasn't in favour of that and she left the supermarket. And then we had the healthcare side of it, uh, why indeed they would be leaving uh, their role um, on the night shift, running into the shop to get a few bits and pieces to bring back to the family food-wise while they get a few hours sleep to go back again into the hospital for another night shift. Uh, so we had both sides of that. Uh, just here some comments in regarding that uh, particular situation uh, that uh, we had two calls and where we had a text and anyhow and then we had the health worker side of things. First of all on that Anne says that listener who was on about the healthcare workers who were going shopping in their uniform I think is right because that should not be allowed as they could uh, bring any virus or just any infection out of the hospital and also bring it in to the hospital uh, or any indeed infection that might be out there in the community. So 
as they are doing great work in the hospitals at the moment, people are just scared and healthcare workers should not be taking any notice of the people who may be running away though and avoiding them in public scenarios as they are doing great work but they need to be mindful of going into shops with uniforms, says Anne on WhatsApp. Dennis is asking, is there changing rooms in hospitals? I assume there is in, in, depending upon a hospital uh, you are working in. And Anne, Anne is a nurse and in relation she says to frontline staff uniforms. Staff, says Anne, should remove their uniforms before they leave the hospital. It's HICWA guidelines and they should wash their uniform at 60 degrees. Says Anne, who says she is a nurse. Uh, on that, Tim Inyol says, on health workers wearing uniforms while shopping, please give them a break. In the name of God, they are trying to do their work, save lives, care for their families and live. If seeing a person in a health uniform makes you that concerned and that fearful, then perhaps Perhaps you should not be out in public yourself. These people that are wearing these uniforms are our heroes. They are the ones who are now paying for social welfare, etc. So let's get on with this and not be critical of these people. They, the people, know how to sanitise and are very much aware of procedures and uniform protocol within their workplaces, says Tim on text to 0862103103. Tom in Rathcormark is saying that the man or the woman who rang up complaining about the particular nurses in shopping in their uniform should have stayed at home themselves. Those nurses are entitled to shop like the rest of us. He wouldn't be looking down his nose at them if he was lying on a hospital bed now, would he or she? says Tom in Rathcormack and staying with that more calls who are supportive of the nurses and feel at this time we need to support our nurses and stop criticising anybody doctors, nurses, porters who work in the healthcare situation the public shouldn't be looking at them as if they're carriers of the virus but instead we should be supporting them and if you do see them in shops smile and nod if you keep your distance there's no fear you'll catch anything but don't be running away from them or making unnecessary comments like that person did. It says Jim on text to 0862103103. On the government, something totally different. And the government uh, and their issue, if they should take pay cuts and follow what is happening in a lot of private sector companies or indeed cut back in areas within Linster House, something as well that is happening in private companies. Nancy in Bantry says the politicians would take pay cuts and stop wasting money on unnecessary things. The country may not then be in so much debt. Uh, another texter here, Joe, saying the people of this country voted for change. And uh, when we look at what is happening this morning with Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil forming this particular pack to form a new government I think we just need to get rid of them another election uh, they're all doing this at the moment now the virus I, says Joe he thinks the virus they're using that for their own gain says Joe on text while uh, no name on this one but this person says how dare you have Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil with Leo and Michal uh, deny the Irish people their democratic rights the people said no to both of those parties uh, but the arrogance still knows no bounds uh, feels that particular person people may, may disagree on that depending on the way, way you look at the results uh, I suppose you, you did have other parties who got a large uh, turnout as well uh, but then you have the likes of Sinn Féin who you have Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil have said they won't go into power with Sinn Féin 
and Sinn Féin would need uh, some large party to enter into power so uh, that's where Sinn Féin are caught if, if that's what you were getting at with that particular text uh, Sinn Féin I'm sure would want to go into power uh, but they need people to go into power with them and while they did meet and speak to some parties who some did engage with them uh, others have said they would not go in uh, to government with uh, Sinn Féin so that is uh, one of the problems for them and that is why now you have Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil together uh, coming up with this particular scenario because they both have said more like even though Fianna Fáil were a bit open to it at the start but they both have said they will not go into government with Sinn Féin and on people out and about and social distancing uh, Michael is in Douglas and Michael says he was walking through Douglas village yesterday evening at around half past six and he says there was approximately about a hundred people what it seemed anyway he said like about a hundred people uh, outside and it seemed they were on the footpath and it looked like they were queuing for food now they must have obviously ordered online and they were waiting for their food but while they were all trying to keep their distance and they were keeping their distance uh, Mike says him and his wife would have to either walk through them to get by or uh, what they did was of course they they walked off the footpath to get by Uh, so that's what uh, Mike and his wife had to do was walk off the footpath I presume I didn't walk through them but just making the point and I think a lot of people are good when you are out walking and you are using a footpath if you see someone coming towards you you'll walk on the road there's less traffic depending on where you are walking now of course there is less traffic so most people uh, are, are doing that uh, so I presume Mike you did walk on the road but just making uh, that particular point that the amount of people that were on the footpath if they kept to the footpath they would have to walk through them uh, thanks for your call on that uh, back again to the issue of drugs and unfortunately the story we had earlier on this was uh, of how a lot of and a large amount of teens uh, this is coming from the city south side even though more of our calls coming in are saying this is happening all over Cork but this is how young teens are basically uh, getting large bills from drug dealers and raising large bills to those drug dealers of over €30,000 bills of 18000 to €30,000 for money they owe to these drug dealers for purchasing drugs off them and now the dealers are coming to their family homes and the parents are now paying these drug dealers by way of money lenders, loans from banks or indeed loans from the credit union. The worrying thing here for those families who can't obtain loans, some of their children are doing errands for drug dealers. The other thing is that a lot of these families were unaware uh, that their uh, young son or daughter was actually dabbling in drugs. Regarding that, Heidi says, uh, going to houses to get paid for what your children's owe. Well, when will these youngsters realise that they are the drug pusher because they are living off the backs of these drug users and drug dealers by buying the drugs. But most of them will please the young people uh, because they will spend their whole life ahead of everybody else but they don't realise that drugs will in the end destroy their lives. Your life, your dreams and your wonderful future will be destroyed but don't let them destroy your future uh, says Heidi because uh, if you're caught with drugs, if you want to, at the moment obviously things are restricted by the way of travel but if you did want to go and visit and work in a country like Canada or Australia or elsewhere maybe do that for six months or just in general travel you could be restricted if you do get convictions and that's what we see with so many people so as Heidi says remember that uh, because you have your whole life in front of you when you are only a teenager and you don't want that destroyed because of you making a bad decision 
and then the worry you were bringing to your parents as well who were paying for the amount you owe drug dealers. We had a text earlier from a person who wanted to know were there any three mobile phone shops open as her phone has broken. We did check with three and at the moment uh, they have come back to us to say all the three shops they're all closed temporarily at the moment so no those particular stores are not open. Uh, somebody's asking about the COVID-19 uh, payment what will happen after 12 weeks well they're discussing that at the moment in government the latest will bring you on that uh, but on the COVID payment Margaret feels and thinks that people over 70 who are cocooning should be entitled to the payment especially when they are fit and able to get out and about and people who were only working one day a week are now getting a payment of €350. So Margaret feels those over 70 who were cocooning should be entitled to that particular payment. While on cocooning, Patrick, who's in Bananhasic, he says it's disgraceful that the government, uh, and these are his words, are able to lock people over 70 up when they are fit and able. They will have mental health problems otherwise. And mental health is something that is being looked at at the moment across all age groups because of what is going on. And that is something everybody needs to be mindful of for themselves is their own mental health. Uh, But when you say the government locking up, I suppose people are being advised to stay in their own areas, your own back garden, your own yard, your own home, uh, as you do cocoon. And that is for people over 70, for your own safety, because what we have seen with the coronavirus is those with underlying conditions or whatever that may be, uh, they are the ones who are affected the most. And the older a person is, uh, the worse it seems this particular virus affects them. So the reason for all of this is to protect the person. It's not so much about the state telling people what to do in every other country in the world is doing similar, is to protect the person itself uh, rather than the state laying down the law, uh, even though they are. But it's more or less on protecting people and to stop the spread of the virus. The other thing is, you could have someone, I was watching a news piece uh, from Australia last night just totally happened to come across it by accident but I did watch about five minutes of it and it's been mentioned here as well that someone and Dr Nick Flynn who joined us on the show was mentioning this somebody for some reason could have the coronavirus and not display any symptoms whatsoever and because of that they then could pass that particular virus onto someone who is over 70 or who has an underlying condition and they are the ones then that could end up in hospital in a bad way in ICU and that's the last thing anybody wants. So that's why all these measures are in place. Uh, yeah, it is unusual times and people do need to watch their mental health but people do need to uh, be aware of that. Anyhow, uh, I must have said Wednesday. No, it's Thursday. I must have said Wednesday uh, at the start of the show. It's Thursday, Bernie is telling me. Yes, it is Thursday. I think people are not too sure what day it is at the moment with everything going on but I think it's the bank holidays throwing us off but it is a Thursday which means Jane is here uh, as we did say answering your pet questions. So if you have a question for anybody in your household Jane will be along in the next 10 minutes you can uh, get in contact with Bernie or Sadie 1850 333 103 with your pet questions or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 086 2103 Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket joins us shortly a lot of your emails as well to get through we'll get through those The C103 Cork Diary with Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie A used clothes collection for Gagan Hall Car Park 
will take place soon the date will be confirmed but please get your items for donations ready they're looking for all types of used clothes bags shoes belts bed linen curtains and good quality soft toys no duvets though or pillows or large plastic toys uh, you can get in contact with them and they will give you the date on when indeed uh, they will confirm that date for the clothes collection for Gagan Hall car park that will take place soon and members of Kinsale volunteer group they are available to help people in the area who work cooning and isolating if you are in need of anything please contact Kinsale Garda Station on 021 477 and who will then contact the volunteer group on your behalf Record today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850 333 103 And just a few comments and first of all on this is from a home help when people are on about uniforms that this person says people would want to be out there as home helps and see how hard we work going from house to house and try then to do our shopping as well but we always cover our uniforms when we shop but we are working hard as well says that particular home help person a farmer here who says if I have land uh, on my farm and it's more than 2k though from my home uh, then will I get into trouble if I must check on, on the farm and animals well farming and checking on your animals is part of the essential work list so you should be okay for that uh, if that is a must for you you have to check on, on, on farm and animals uh, and that is just over 2k from your home well then farming and you will see it on the roads if you're an essential worker and you are driving you will see farmers on the roads and they are part of the essential worker list on the voting and the fact that Fina Gale and Fina Foyle could be forming a coalition Anthony says it's not what people voted for with many cabinet members waiting for their fourth or fifth count to get in what they are doing to Sinn Féin voters is a form of gerrymandering and our vote is virtually useless when these two won't even talk to Sinn Féin and indeed Europe should be taking a stand in all of this as Anthony feels it's just totally undemocratic what is going on. Uh, Just some of your calls and texts uh, regarding those issues and we've a lot of emails into the show on various topics here so one uh, from a person who's just saying she's a concerned local we have her details she's living in the Mallow area and this is something that happened it's something that we've got calls on this week and it's something that she has seen last week and she says I'm shocked and horrified about how many people that are out and about since Tuesday and Thursday of last week on Tuesday the main street of Mallow which was the day the COVID-19 payment was made the main street of Mallow was packed and there was no parking spaces I would be shopping for my parents that are cocooning and for myself and from my own house and I'm a carer who was shopping for clients also and on Wednesday and Thursday of last week it was the same crowds of people and it turned me off from going into supermarkets because I was watching and looking at the queuing going on in car parks to get into the supermarkets now the main street is busy and 95% of the time this person is saying there's no social distancing going on which is very annoying I have friends and family working and living in Limerick and the same thing crowds everywhere one of my friends says it's like Christmas Eve with flocks of people everywhere every day now I have seen a lot of groups of people clustered together on the main streets of my area in Mallow elderly people out and about not cocooning in my local area I went to my local shop and the amount of strangers and elderly people that I meant to be cocooning walking around as if there was nothing wrong no guards to be seen in those particular shops I have spoken a lot uh, to people in my area who were saying that they are leaving a shopping bag or two in the car and not going shopping but to get out and about travelling to the likes of Mitchellstown for my or Charnival 
or beyond just to get out. And if they are stopped by a guard who is asking them where they are going, they are using the excuse of groceries or for my medication. If our country is in lockdown to prevent us getting COVID-19 and people are avoiding the restrictions, more and more people are going to die from this. We as a society is going to suffer in the long run because of crowds of people thinking it was great crack to get out and break the law. Thanking you, a concerned Mallow local, which came into us by email at the start of this week. Also by email, and I see actually some councils now across the country asking people to be aware of this. Uh, this is Olivia who was saying that she's urging the public not to be increasing the spread of coronavirus by throwing away used disposable gloves or indeed masks on the ground. Where I live in my part of the city, the amount of gloves I see lying around is frightening. Uh, gloves on green areas, on footpaths, uh, these are also carrying the virus. Just because you wear gloves doesn't mean you won't be carrying the virus on those particular gloves. Can people cop on and just when they are finished using the their gloves, discard of them safely, but don't simply drop them on the ground, says Olivia on email to us as well earlier in the week. You can email jp at c103.ie. And one other email here that we got in, and this came in at the start of this week as well, and it's regarding DIY stores. And uh, this is from Maeve, who says, Over the weekends, as I sat here, twindling my yearning to be green thumbs, two things suddenly came to me with regards to the lockout from the DIY store. One was, wait until Tuesday and ask C103 and the others what was a possible answer to this mysterious DIY red sum mentality. For background, I live in a lovely light-filled high-ceiling apartment in the centre of Skibbereen with four large windows. What's the catch? No balcony. So I came up with an idea of plants. Fields have provided a valuable source over the past few weeks of I've, as I have assembled little groups in various rooms. As time goes on, the little groups Groups are thriving, full of life and coexisting gracefully. The lofty Kentish palm and the jade plant remain aloft while the gentle bosom fern nudges the serene peace lily. And the air is made clean, carbon monoxide removal is satisfying, it's all taken over and it's great for the respiratory system. The steel in the kitchen is softened, the bedroom is more tranquil and the living room is more vibrant. I become more and more relaxed focus as I am outwardly and connected to organic life. But then what happens? They're growing up. They need bigger pots. I need soil and some treatment for them like nutrients. But I can't. DIY shops are off limits. And then I think it through. What's the median age of the government advisors? Then I have it. They've been exposed to Saturday night fever in 1978 and its afterlife. And then subconsciously tremble at the thought of middle age and upwards suddenly booging down the aisle, staying alive. Now, or worse, could it be the clinch that is to how deep is your love? And so in the revolutionary spirit of the 70s, I decided to become the little drummer girl leading the way for the movement of the storming of the DIYs. Before such drastic action, I decided to approach our United Nations of West Cork, Patricia Messenger. So I conclude to Patricia, a challenge I know, but I have every faith in you. Unfortunate the digestive problem, an exercise bike. And that was, of course, referring to Dennis, who called us last week uh, when he was looking for an exercise bike. And Sadie knew there was one uh, in her household and she got that exercise bike to Dennis in Mayfield. So with that happening... 
Now, May was wondering, can you prevail upon the powers that be to open the DIY stores? Otherwise, I fear the fever in Saturday Night Fever takes a whole new meaning. Thank you for being the touchstone, providing accurate information, balanced with the warmth of the community, says Maeve. Maeve, thank you for your detailed email. Nicely put together. And I can tell you, DIY stores, some have opened this week since you wrote that email on Tuesday. Some have opened, but what is happening is it's more or less like a click and collect option. So you have to either ring the store first and whatever is your nearest store, ring them first to see if they actually are open and operating and if they are open and if they are operating uh, then you can say and tell them what you want like you would do grocery shopping over the phone and then you can collect that some are delivering but some are collecting as well uh, and I'm not too sure if some are letting people into the store or not some might be doing a one-on-one uh, or otherwise mainly click and collect and delivering is what we are hearing with thank you uh, for your email Maeve and hopefully that helps you and the unpost free postcards that are going around at the moment we're getting a lot of those in here's one and thank you to Anna Regan and family for this who listen to the show every morning as they cocoon in Watergrass Hill they enjoy listening to Eileen from Bear Island who will touch with again a very positive woman and also Alice Taylor from Inishannon who we much catch up with on the show to see how Alice is doing in Inishannon uh, Anne says health is wealth and as you all say uh, every day that we need to look after a uh, so stay safe and that comes in from Anna Regan and family there in Watergrass Hill and speaking of those postcards Margaret sent us an email to say that she was in at the post office in the city centre last week and they had a lot of those particular postcards on the counter uh, so if you want some of those particular postcards you can get those uh, on uh, the uh, counter there in the post office I presume it's the GPO in the city centre they have those particular postcards and an email here from Dimpin at this morning who says I'm seven 70-year-old living alone in isolation now since the 13th of March. I love gardening and reading, but there is something I need to do because I have so many books. I have now put a sign at my gate saying, take and replace Hopefully that will help someone and obviously sanitise and wash your hands after you take and replace. But uh, there is something nice happening in the community in Fermoy. Dimpana putting up a sign in her gate saying take and replace. She's left a number of books at her gate where somebody in her community uh, can take and read those books. So there's various things people are doing to help others in their community. 1850-333-103. Lines are open. Your questions are welcome now for our vet Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in New Market. She joins us next, or indeed, you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 0862 And just a final few comments in on what we are talking about. I get back to healthcare workers and indeed on changing clothes because a lot of healthcare workers have been in touch about that. So we'll get back to those comments tomorrow. Uh, but one final one here from Mary who says, Just one thing we are missing as far as we seniors are concerned there is no mention of any sort of prayer especially in these times when prayer is important. Now, I know we have mentioned it on, on this show over the last week and I suppose especially at Eastern we had the Bishop of Cline, William Cranon and we also had the Church of Ireland Bishop then of Cork, Ross and Cline, Paul Colton on as well so we had the Catholic and Church of Ireland Bishop on I suppose prayer is a very personal thing as well it depends on the person's religion uh, and their religious beliefs uh, but yeah indeed 
believe, Mary, and a lot of people would agree with you, a lot of people have turned to prayer, uh, either praying themselves or watching the various religious services or whatever uh, they, they turn to for their prayer. But yeah, it's a good point, Mary, and thank you for that on text to 0862103103. But now time for your questions in relation to pets in your household, because Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joins me. Uh, good afternoon to you, Jane. Hi there. Now, we have a lot of questions in, so I'll get straight into them, Jane. And these are in relation, I suppose, a lot of pets at the moment are, are staying inside, uh, are staying within the 2K. And some feel maybe mm-hmm. their pets are, are acting or, or looking differently than, than they should be. They're not too sure. One example here is from Donald in Ballincollig. And Donald says that their dog, it's a collie dog, but it's a house dog. But over the last few weeks, the dog has become very restless. He's not sure it's because everybody is around the house. So the children are around now. Uh, Donald himself is around his wife because everybody's working from home and staying in the area. The dog isn't sleeping. He's running around the house. He won't relax. It's like he's out of sorts. So for many in that situation, could that be because of what everybody is going through at the moment and everybody is at home and within the home boundaries? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a big challenge at the moment. Like as, as people, we've all had a massive upheaval in our routine. I think for our dogs and cats particularly, it is a massive change and they have no idea what's going on. So I think all of a sudden they've landed in the house and all of the family are around all of the time. Uh, and it's a big change. And I think sometimes pets aren't incredibly good, at least the more active ones of them, at learning to take breaks themselves. They're, I suppose in a sense, because there's lots of people around, the kids are around, everybody's around there's a sense of kind of overstimulation in a sense and some of them can get a little bit wound up and find it very difficult to relax um i think as long as the dog is otherwise bright lively wants to play eating and drinking well then i think it's most likely the change in environment but i think just think if, if anything else appears contact your vet for assistance there's lots of things we can do at the moment really to try and make things a little bit more normal or, or as normal as we can in this environment for our dogs and cats and i think routine is really the basis of that even though people might be at home there might be a big change try and have a sense of structure to the day for the pet um, so try and have a set time when they go for their let's say play in the garden or a set time for their walk within the two kilometer boundary um try and have maybe some other activities interspersed to break the day up for them so that they're not constantly just running around wondering what's going on with everyone so there's lots of things you can do like sometimes you can prolong the feeding and make that a little bit more entertaining for them by using lots of puzzle feeders and if you look online there's loads available but to be honest you can make really great ones out of things that you find in the home so you know those like little cupcake tins the little bun tins that you you make little queen cakes in Sometimes they're a really good thing to, to entertain dogs and cats for a little while. Um, you can put little little nuts or kibble or treats inside where all of the buns would go and cover those over with balls or toys so that they have to kind of nose the balls out of the way before they get to the nuts. And likewise, you can flip it over onto the other side and it kind of becomes a little puzzle feeder that they have to nose the food around. So it kind of enriches their environment a little bit that way. Other things you can do as well would be using this time perhaps to... Do a little bit of training and I think it's a great distraction for everyone. It's something new to work on for the pet as well as yourselves. So getting the family involved, the whole family involved is a really great thing because you can do it in short little bursts, like little five, ten minute bursts because attention spans can be a little bit limited and just nail down the, the good basic skills of sit and stay and then you can wander on to crazy things. You, you know, you can do tricks of all sorts and really the only limit is your own imagination. So have a little look online. There's a load of really great behaviours from dog training videos um, and maybe pick pick 
take a, a skill or two as a little project because I think that's quite mentally enriching for the dog as well as it's a great bonding experience with the family and it keeps everybody a little bit busy and if you can kind of build that into their daily routine then you may find that they kind of relax a little bit once they know what's going to happen in the day whereas every day is a little bit different because everybody's at home trying to entertain themselves they might feel a little bit uneasy and okay. I, I think the last yeah good yeah, yeah keep keep going the, the last bit of information there for for Donal. um will be just to make sure that they have somewhere quiet so if, particularly if there's a lot of kids around give them somewhere that's almost like a little den somewhere quiet a little bit removed from the rest of the family somewhere quiet comfortable and potentially a little bit darker so that if they want to remove themselves and have a little bit of time out they, they can do that all right, as I said, a lot of questions, so we'll get through as many as we can. If we don't, we'll hold them over for next week's show. But Jim is in Watergrass Hill. He has a female dog, nine months old. He wants to know, first of all, is she old enough to get neutered? And secondly, he is also looking for advice on how to train her to come back to a whistle. Ah, okay. So uh, first tackling the neutering, yes, at this stage she is she is old enough. Normally most vets would be comfortable with spaying from about six months onwards, but speak to your own vet locally and they'll they'll guide you as to what they feel is appropriate. Now, things are a little bit difficult because of COVID at the moment. Um, so neutering, spaying will be classified as kind of routine work. So have a chat to your vet. They'll most likely be operating a, a system where they might put you on a list and give you a call once we're able to go ahead with spaying and neutering again. Because at the moment, most clinics would be just dealing with sick pets and emergencies at the minute. So I think just be mindful if she does come into heat, just be careful that she doesn't encounter any, any male dogs. So maybe keeping her on a lead when she's out and about if you do notice her going into heat. Um, as regards whistle training, I think perseverance is a really important thing as well as a lot of positive reinforcement. So have a read uh, online. Again, there's a load of resources. Just make sure that the resources that you're reading online are from a, a qualified behaviorist essentially or a qualified dog trainer. Um, so I think the main thing is if you're trying to get them to come back to the whistle, if they do come back, make them be the best dog in the world. So a huge fuss. It's the best thing that's ever happened. Make them feel really good about the fact that they came back. So you're trying to positively reinforce that cue so that they associate the whistle and coming back with like really exciting things like treats and a lot of fuss. OK, then that's a good point for, for the whistle. Uh, it's always a, a trying time for anybody who's trying to train a dog, especially uh, uh, yeah. using whistles to get them. It's, uh, it's fun and games, I think, for Jim for a while on that one. But hopefully that helps you, Jim. Yes. Uh, this person here has a Shih Tzu dog. Uh, the dog now is 14 years old. When I go to feed him, he won't eat out of his bowl anymore. But if I put his nuts on the floor, he will eat them from the floor. This is going on now for a couple of weeks. Can you figure what's happening? Thank you, says that particular texter. That's a, that's a bit of an odd one, actually. It's interesting if he still has a good appetite to eat them off the floor. I would wonder if there's something about the bowl that's maybe making him a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I think if it's if there's no change in the diet and it's purely just an absolute change in his behaviour with the bowl, maybe consider just have a little look around his mouth and face whether there be any sores or lumps or bumps that might be causing him problems if he was putting his head into the bowl. Um, so I think maybe have a chat with your vet, give them a call, discuss his recent behaviour and his, I, I suppose, just potentially any medical issues he may have had over the years. Your own vet will be familiar with that um, and just rule out the main causes of, of pain or discomfort. I think if he still has a good appetite, then that's a really great sign. But it is certainly a change that potentially needs to be investigated. 
Okay, Mags has a four-year-old Labrador. He has scabs on the inside of the tip of one ear and it has started to bleed. Now, he is constantly flipping his head from side to side. Any idea of what this could be and do I need to apply something on it or is a, a visit to the vet needed? So if he's constantly shaking his head, that's most quite likely the reason that he's got these little scabby lesions on the tips of his ears. Now, it could be a number of other things, but I think if he's doing a lot of head shaking, it's most likely that he might have whipped his little ear off something and caused a little bit of a cut or a graze. Now, the most common things that can cause head shaking or ear scratching are ear infections. So I think definitely this one warrants a call to your local vet to discuss his symptoms fully it's most likely that he may either need to be seen or he may need some medication prescribed. Um, So have a chat with your local vet. I think it definitely sounds like he maybe has a little bit of ear irritation or ear pain that we need dealing with. Okay, and uh, Kathleen has a 13-year-old Jack Russell. This Jack Russell, though, has a very dry cough. What can she do to stop it? Ah, okay. So there's a number of different causes of coughs. Sometimes it can be something as simple as a little cough or cold or flu. Sometimes it can be other problems with the the windpipes or the lung tissue down into the lungs. Sometimes it can even be other things like a problem with the heart. So I think there's a, a multitude of causes. I think if your pet is otherwise well in himself, eating, drinking, very bright, I think it's best to give your vet a call regardless and discuss the symptoms fully. Um, And he'll also ask you some questions probably about their exercise tolerance, how your pet is when he's out and about and exercising and what times of day the cough happens or what activities he's undertaking when the cough happens. And that'll help us to identify a little bit better what the problem might be. But I think certainly um, have a chat with your vet. If it's a more urgent issue and your vet will be able to judge that better after speaking to you, it may be that your pet may need to be seen sooner um, and have further investigations undertaken. But I think it definitely warrants um, a full assessment by a vet. And uh, given COVID, that may initially be over the phone to triage, but your vet will be able to best guide you as to what might be needed after that. Okay, Jim, well, thank you for that. And we'll chat with you again next week. And mind yourself in the meantime, uh, that's Jane Pickett there of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Uh, just a final few comments in on a lot of people run about TV shows over the last number of days and weeks. And I know we spoke with Pat Short regarding Kilna Scully coming back to our TV screens, which I think it is on Sunday night now at this stage. Uh, but uh, other uh, programmes that people were looking for uh, maybe coming back. But by the way, a sporting programmes, this may interest a lot of people. I know TG Carr do show older GEA games. Well, RTE are now going to screen the best of the All-Ireland Finals, the Champions League and more grating, greatest sporting occasions. And that's going to happen every week, but it's going to happen on Thursday night. So tonight uh, from 9.30, they're going to show classics. And when they mean classics, it could be one of the big sporting occasions maybe homecomings that type of thing but also all Ireland finals so for those people who are looking for those type of shows if you check out RTE2 tonight from 9.30 they'll be showing uh, classic uh, maybe GA games Champions League games or any of those uh, tonight there on RTE2 uh, for those looking for those type of programmes that's it from us for today my thanks to Bernie and Sadie who worked on the show today Nick Richards is along next from one playing Cork's greatest hits and Martina Odunihu with you from four on drive time of course Eric along then from seven with ledge or with anthems at seven and then from eight playing the best in country and Irish. We're back with you tomorrow. A lot more of your calls and comments to get through. We'll get through those tomorrow from 10 a.m. here on Cork Today. Until then, C103 News at one is next. I'm John Paul McNamara. Good afternoon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.